busting those records. Here we go. Here comes Niagara. Here comes that joke. It's bright and so right. Radio 99. Niagara calls with music. Tops with you. The latest, the greatest, and time and temperature too. So here comes Niagara. This is Joe Niagara. For the next five hours, you'll hear hit records on Punk Till I Die. From now to 12 midnight, Niagara calls. I put down a wailing pound of sound. In those records, let's go, Joe. Here goes Niagara for another show. If you're ready... Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. We are up to number 55. This is episode 55, you are correct, Neil yes. Thomas. You know, we passed my birthday a while back, and we're creeping up on your birthday, Neil. That's right, man. They're going to be past me soon. I'm, yeah, yeah, we will. We'll be done in... What right. what, what month is it? I've lost fucking uh, track of what month it is. It's July, right? It's July. Getting tw- we're more than halfway through July. Yeah. You know, the 2020, the shit sandwich that it is, is, if nothing else, more than halfway over. And I certainly would feel a lot better about that if I had any reason to believe that 2021 was looking particularly bright. But nevertheless, here well, we are. Well, it seems in the rest of the world it is. It just seems like here it's fucked up. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, Neil. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure it's not great anywhere. But oh, I, anyway, I, I think it's. If we look at the if look, well numbers. I know, but the numbers and the way the way the European countries are looking, it's looking a lot brighter than it is here right now, where numbers are like an all-time high in certain states and shit. So it's not, but, uh, it's but, not good. See, you must be cautious of the raw data they give us because the deaths are still going down. Deaths are going down, but the numbers are going up. Like the numbers of people with COVID every day or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's amazing because we, we've we've actually had a sort of brush with it. And it's a few steps removed. But it was enough that I was like, wow, do I have to tell Neil? Because, I mean, and the people that we came in contact with have no symptoms, and they're removed a step from the people who tested positive for it, and they have no symptoms for it. So, But you know what the accuracy test is is on the test? Well, don't even tell me. It's going to be it's going to be upsetting. Percent. What is it? 50%. 50%? That's what 70% is what they say the accuracy is. Jesus. Can you imagine your doctor, hey, we're 70% sure you're pregnant. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna die of cancer. It's just bizarre, and and I I think it's I, I don't know if it's not being able to really distinguish between who's got the antibodies and who's actually got the disease, or I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm so sick of freaking talking about COVID. Honestly, I, I I'm I'm disappointed that we already went down this this road again. Well, all um, I was all I was saying was I think I think like in Europe they might start getting gigs before us. I think is basically yeah, what I'm uh, saying. And I just read we'll start having live music in August. But there's there's shows going on here, just not here. And well, not we saw well are. we saw we saw some live music in Muskegon two weeks ago, but I don't. I don't <laughs> think, no, we can really class that, right? 
And like, uh, you know, I, I saw like a great white, like the, the 80s, like cock rock band played like a outdoor thing in North Dakota or something. And like Doc and I saw I just on, online, I see that they're playing shows. I know I know you're I think uh, you're probably not that desperate for live music yet. You're going to go see Doc and or, or Great White, but <laughs> never. <laughs> great White. But one... And they got off pyrotechnics in a club in Rhode Island. Killed and killed, and killed a bunch of people, right? Yeah, that's right. With a really low ceiling. Seems like a good idea. <laughs> They're one of those great bands too, like Sham Sixty Nine or Ario Speedwagon, where there's two versions. Oh boy! Just like the singer's version, and there's like the, the official version. Yeah, <laughs> because there's so much demand for Great White. Yeah, well, of course. Much. Yeah, much little Great White. So anyway, so so yeah, great we're doing right. So the last uh, few episodes, obviously, we've kind of been themed, or we've had a guest. Yes, sir. This is actually kind of a throwback episode for a couple reasons. A, I am downstairs in my house. I am not in the Pillow Fortress of Solitude. It is too hot upstairs. So if he cuts out, you'll know why, everybody. Stick, I don't stick think, with us. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> sitting right... I'm, dude, I'm doing something so decadent. Like, like younger, cheaper me, or like my dad would be flipping out right now. I'm sitting really close to the air conditioning vent, and I have the door open, so if the dog wants to go out, I don't have to get up to let her out. Well, good for you. I guess. Yeah. Money, man, just burning money, burning are you, money. Are you eating chocolate cake as well, or something? That was what I was saying. We said decadent. I was it thinking you were sitting there with a big chocolate cake on your belly, eating it. What? The microphone on my belly. Oh, I don't know. Well, uh, you know. But yeah, it, it's so. Yeah, we we actually don't have like an overriding theme today. We have a few things we want to talk about. So it, it is kind of a throwback to our earliest days, you know. <laughs> so 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 when he when he says throwback, what he really means is we have nothing to fucking talk about. <laughs> I, 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 you know what the funny thing is every time we say that though, we go on for like two hours. So yeah, that's true enough, man. That's true enough. Yeah. So um the big news of course this week, you know, we we've ha- we haven't had a lot of despite twenty twenty being kind of a dumpster fire, we haven't had that many deaths. I mean a few like kind of smaller ones, guy from the Stranglers, uh gangrene dri but nobody like you know no joe strummer type yeah characters but this this so this week uh i think it's chi pig you know you neil and i were discussing is it chi or chai i don't know mr chi pig from lead singer from snfu died he was an old bastard neil your age oh well there you go see got to keep yourself in shape well i don't think he went jogging i mean i think this guy had some I was reading a little bit from a friend of his about the end, and he was he was kind of wasting away. I don't know what actually killed him. I don't think that's been made public. Do you? Did you see that or no? I didn't, but he had had problems for it. Wasn't he like homeless for a while well, he, or something? He had mental issues and stuff, or is, am I thinking of something somebody else? Not a good, you know, not a good combination. Yeah, uh, but I think we're both pretty big fans, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I I mean, admittedly, I must admit, I got their first two albums and i really haven't listened to snfu too much since then um for, for people that don't know why don't you just give a little intro to who snfu were where they were from and stuff vancouver right they're from they're not from ontario they're from more western part yeah. of canada. canada yeah um and there was there's basically like three different versions of the band the only constant was the singer mr chi pig ken chin um i think the original version was like the 80s right and then they kind of split up so that would have been like and no one else wanted to play and mm-hmm. and albums in there and then in the early 90s actually were on epitaph that was probably their like commercial peak even though i think it was mostly a new band and then they split up and then i think later on they were playing until a couple years ago mm-hmm. even though i think uh it was the gigs were sporadic and it's sort of hard to 
schedule because uh, Mr. Cheapig's health issues and substance abuse issues. Yeah, he was homeless. And there's actually a documentary about him that I really need to go back and watch now because I haven't watched it. Do you remember that when that came out a few years ago, a couple years ago? I don't, and it sounds like I could almost get that confused with the HR documentary because it sounds like they well, went. Through, it sounds like they went through some similar shit, right? Well, parallels are are sort of eerie, honestly. Yeah. Um, now, of course, HR had those crazy headaches, which I don't think they really, I don't know if they ever really figured out what that was or not, but, um, but he just, you know, and I, I see the like testimonials, uh, pouring in and, uh, you know, he, 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 he was a troubled guy, obviously, but he also, it seems like by all accounts, he was a sweet guy, mm-hmm. a good guy and a little guy. Cause um, everybody I see love him with, they're all towering over him. Did you, did you ever see him? I saw them one time in I think ninety four ish. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I've actually got a good story about that, and like I normally do, right? Um, I saw them at a very small club in Champagne. It was called Tritos. Yeah. It was uh, on Green Street above a White Hen. Um, and like this a this would have been eighty five. What's that? Neil? What's a White Hen? Do you not remember White Hen? Obviously, I don't. I'm White hand. Pa- oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if you're saying that for the for the sake of, of our English listeners. No. Um, White hand was like a knockoff Seven Eleven. So oh, it, it was one of that's those. What I, that's what I was actually kind of thinking, or yeah. a restaurant or something. It was yeah. one of those places that'd be open basically all night and stuff, and you could Great. You whatever you like needed. Ranted, ranted high... sandwiches at yeah. like two a.m. after Ex- the show. Exactly, and I got a, a story about that too. Um, <laughs> what you do? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, so that would have been. I would assume. Um, it would have been late 85, I would imagine. And the Trito was, was probably, it was SNFU and Tex and the Horseheads. Um, oh, yeah. So that would have been, I don't know, there's probably only about 20 people there. Tex and, and the Horseheads went on to be... I don't think they went on to be anybody, but Texacana, uh-huh. who, was the, who was the singer, she was uh, Jeffrey Lee Pierce's girlfriend for a while from the uh-huh. Gun Club. She okay. was, uh, she was, uh, I don't think anyone from that band went to do anything else, but they had like that cow punk kind of, uh, mm. swampy kind of sound, almost like the gun club. But anyway, um, SNFU, yes, there was probably like 20, 25 people there. And I actually got on stage and sang with them for one song, um, which, one? which was cool. Um, the one I'm actually going to play later, Victims of the Womanizer. Oh yes. Um, Isaac. cause I actually, I, I didn't actually have, I think it was actually before their album came out, the first album. But I had that song on a compilation. I think one of the better better youth organization compilations. I think someone oh, yeah, got yeah. the head kicked in or someone, one of those. Um, uh, so I knew that song. So when they played it, I got on stage and sang it with him. He invited me on stage. And, uh, you know, that was an amazing show. He was super energetic, even though there wasn't yep. many people there. The band was awesome. Amazing front man. Amazing front man. Yeah, and it also made my night because Tex from Tex and the Horseheads hit on me that night. And so that was pretty excellent just you just seal the deal neil <laughs> no no i i did i did not Boy, that seems to be the story of your life buddy. i did not seal the deal <laughs> well so you know judging by things it might have been just as well but um <laughs> um uh. but yeah that was a, that was a very memorable night and, and actually what happened um my one of the local band a local band called the dead relatives your dead relatives um opened up first and my friend tom played guitar in who went on to become guitar for mcwilson and um mm. But I would get up and sing with your dead relatives sometimes. So I got up and sang some songs with them, and that's when Tex asked uh, asked if I wanted to. I don't know if he asked if I wanted to sing with them or if I just wanted. I don't know. Whatever it was, anyway, it was it was pretty exciting at the time. So, mm. so there I you go. I love those small punk shows jumping up on stage and singing. Yeah, 
That used to be a thing, you know. I don't, now, uh, you know, I guess it had to be a real small show now. Everything's got security now. It's just different. Right. And I, there, was um, no, there was no security I mean, at Tritos. You're, you're, not doing that, you're not doing that at the House of Blues. You're going to get beat by about 50 giant, <laughs> you giant you, you wouldn't be able to because you're like a million miles from the stage, right? That's true. Yeah. You have to fly. So, um, yeah, I, I saw him, like I said, I think 94. There was a, we had a really nice run at a, at a, you know, there's there's a in the west side of Grand Rapids. There's a Polish Falcon Hall, which I think, I think the Polish Falcon is kind of one of those things that a lot of towns had them. It was like a Polish social club. Okay. And for a while upstairs, the guy who owned this great little record store in Grand Rapids that was definitely my favorite for a while, called Radio Kilroy, was booking all these epitaph bands to play at the upstairs of the Polish Falcon. So there was some great shows up there. We saw no, uh, a real young NoFax. Um, SNFU, the the one that ruined it was he actually booked the Offspring and then they blew up hmm. between the time he booked them and when they played they got they started getting on the radio and it just got huge, so it attracted a, a different sort of bigger non-punk crowd and of course the place got trashed and that was it. Hmm. Classic, yeah, I can classic imagine. punk rock story. Right? We love to trash our own venues. Anybody who's good to us, we destroy. Yeah. So, but but I just remember I remember a couple of local guys that I still see around quite a bit opened the show and it was same thing not much of a stage I don't think maybe a little one like those big carpeted blocks or something I can't remember but he was cheap pig was all over the place just a tremendous front man and it was an excellent show great time definitely you know one one I remember pretty well mm-hmm. so. You want to you want to play a song, or you want you got something more to say about this situation? Uh, no, no. It was like I say, I I kind of lost track of them. I I bought their first couple of albums. I actually bought the first version of the end. No one else wanted to play. Um, oh, album. With the, before it had, before yeah, it had with, the train cover. Yeah, with the photograph of of the kid on the cover, which yeah. they I guess they didn't they didn't have permission to use that photograph, so we got pulled that, pretty early, right? I know there was two covers, and I had the the black and white with like the had kid's severed head and the train set and all that oh in that case it's three because the original one had the photograph of the boy holding yep. a grenade and then that was pulled and they replaced it with like a sketch of the boy holding a grenade but obviously oh, okay you know and then they must have done a, they must have done a third one let's see let's see what that's original that was definitely, they were definitely one of those bands that kind of put byo on the map in the early days yeah oh there and we go still, i think are still in print so Beware Records was threatened with legal action by the estate of photographer Diane Arbus due to copyright infringement. So it wasn't even originally on. It wasn't even originally on BYO. They must have picked it up later. No, BYO is. Yeah, it's the, that's the first one. What are you looking at? Well, you just said something about some other record label. You just mentioned some other record label got. No, I said B, BYO Records was threatened with legal action by the estate of photographer Diane Arbus. Try to enunciate a little better, Neil. <laughs> Jesus, I need to pay better attention. I think I think it's I think it's that new place where you where you're recording from. You just can't hear. Um, but yeah, so there was a bunch of different. Oh right, there was a bunch of different covers for this album. That's weird. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's Chavez. I, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> Get him angry again. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what does this one go for? The one I have highest ninety five dollars. Okay, how about that? Um, anyway, I'm going to play a song, uh, the song I sang with them. Um, it was, uh, it's called Victims of the Womanizer by SNFU.
was victims of the womanizer um good song good lyrics uh and that that was from and no one else wanted to play and no one else wanted to play their first album which i think came out like a month after um i saw them because i bought it when i bought like i bought it when it so i would encourage you to check out their epitaph albums too they were really good back in those days epitaph was more ragtag you know epitaph now has kind of become a disaster honestly or or at the very least it's a label that's not for us it's more you know they've tried to stay current but back in those days, they were still, you know, hooking up a lot of the older punk bands and doing some real cool records. So yeah, check out the Epitaph records if you can find them. They're probably out of print. But so, like, which ones? Uh, give give me give me one that you could. Uh... Oh, maybe if you swear you'll catch no fish. I don't know. I mean, let me. Uh... If you swear you'll catch no fish, was still BYO. Was it still BYO? Okay. Yeah, that no. was the second in '86. Watering hole. I don't know. Somebody's somebody's listening to this right now, yelling at yelling at me. Something green this, and but... leafy this way something comes. Green and leafy this way comes. Yeah, that was good. And then that was the one I saw him touring behind. Okay, in '93 that was, and then the one voted most likely to succeed with the terrible cover of a baby with one eye in the middle of its head. I can't remember if that's the one that was like a compilation. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Check it out. It's good. It's good stuff. They were, they were still pretty good back in those era. I'm not. My discogs is loading very slowly. And then it the looked like, of, you know, and, and then it looked like throughout the years the they were, uh, they were on a whole bunch of different record labels. After after that, it looks like. After, 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 after yeah, yeah, and, and like small labels, and I think that stuff is sort of hard to get i had all their stuff until like you know later I, I had all their epitaph stuff and all the byo stuff and i meant to get all the other stuff but it's like it was kind of like here today gone tomorrow so i actually don't have the very last couple of albums but it if looks i like, come across them in the wild i'll certainly buy them it looks like they released a compilation album last year could be which is maybe the worst album cover i've ever seen in my life oh he did so cheapy did the album cover artwork too oh well there we go <laughs> <laughs> he was like some kind of an artist. I know towards the end of his career, he did a lot of visual arts and stuff, and it was sort of absurdist, you know. Uh, you know, Picasso meets Peanuts or something. I don't know. Well, this um, this this one this compilation from last year, and yet another pair of lost suspenders is just god awful. Okay, cause, yeah, as opposed to the last of the big time suspenders. So all their album titles had seven letters. That was kind of their thing. Oh, is that and, right? else wanted to play something green and leafy this way comes you know that was just that was their if you swear you'll catch no fish that was kind of their thing huh well how yeah. about that I, I i've learned something new and what does uh snfu stand for tom oh i read it i can't remember but i think they were they always like love to give different answers for that but it's society i don't know you you're, you remind me i can't remember well I well i mean if, if you want that yeah that would be society society oh, society's not for us right um but okay. but that's like an army thing, right? Situation normal, all fucked up. Is, yeah, snafu. Is, is, yeah, is, yeah. The, is the army thing? Yeah. There's a couple of bands called Snafu too. Yeah. One of which is from Detroit and pretty cool actually. Yeah, but society's us. Well, the, the, what I always heard was society's not for us. But then I see another thing that says society's no fucking use. Um, that's I think that's one I the one that I had seen. Yeah. But anyway, so do you want to do you want to play? Uh, by something by SNFU, well, uh, and and a little I, bit. I really love this song, and of course I can't remember which album it came off of right off the top of my head. But uh, oh dang it, I deleted the because I want to actually read the lyrics. Um, okay. Because I think it's like so relevant for the situation we're in today, where a lot of people have decided they can't be friends with people that they don't have the exact same opinions about everything with. And that's uh, so, certainly something we could talk about when we after after the song break. Um, it's off the album yeah. better than it's off better than a stick in the eye from '88. Yeah, great album. Yeah, that was still on BYO too. 
Um, no, that was their first album on uh, Cargo. Oh, Cargo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eighty-eight. So here's the lyrics. I mean, you, you, and I, I, like I said, I just think it's very relevant. I've always told myself that the hate is bad, yet sometimes it's so hard. And this smile I wear upon my face often seems like a disguise. I know I have my opinions, but I never mean to hurt. It's funny that it's funny that how the ones I love always seem to suffer the most. So here's the course. I went and opened my big mouth again, and I've lost another friend. But if people like that are so easily phased, then maybe they weren't real friends in the first place. And here's the the second. So so I mean I mean isn't that yes the world we live in, Neil? Is that the world we live? In? Yes. So and the second verse is just because one is a friend doesn't mean you have to agree. In fact. A good argument can often prove to be healthy. A friend is there to share the good and to help you out with the bad. And if you know someone that does, that does, then you found yourself a good one. I went and opened my big mouth again, and I've lost another friend. But if people like that are so easily phased, then maybe they weren't real friends in the first place. So anyway, this is SNFU, better from better than a stick in a stick in the eye in the first place.
there in the first place by SNFU and uh, yeah, RIP to Chai Pig, Chi Pig. What? What? How are we pronouncing that one? So like Chi, like Chia Pet? Chi or okay. Chai, like Chai Latte? I yeah. don't, I don't know. C H I. And what's his What's his real name? Nick Nicky Chin. Kenshin. Kenshin. That's a Kenshin. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's so, uh, yeah. Anyway, sad it, it news. Sad news. Not, that not exactly a, a shocking. If if you've been kind of following his story, it's not exactly shocking, but it's still sad. Young young guy, you know, troubled troubled guy. Gave us a lot of good stuff. So thank you for the music. Thank yeah. you for the music. Mr. Thank Chief. you for the music. Thank me. Yeah, there you go. Bit of ABBA for oh. you. But yeah, old timers. Yeah. Oh, Tom's speechless. So, <laughs> so you mentioned talking about being friends with people you disagree with, but I'm sort of sick of talking about that. Let's go on to something else. Hold on a second. Let, let, let me let me go back to my let me go back to my Seven Eleven story. No, Seven Eleven. White Hand. Let me go back to my White Hand story. This is pretty funny. Okay. So. You think they changed their name, huh? To just hen. <laughs> yeah, well, they're out of business now. I think they've gone. I think they're long gone. Obviously. You know, like 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 a lot of those neighborhood grocery stores, they you know like couldn't hold on. But um, they, they actually got bought by Seven Eleven, probably. Well, so the, it's one you, of the big you, you, you don't find that many Seven Elevens anymore. No, that's true. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah. Uh, so my friend Tom, who was the one who got me into hardcore, so this was eighty three, eighty four when I was an exchange student. Um, he was the one that got me into like Black Flag and the Circle Jerks and stuff. High school or in college? Now? This was I was this was when I was in college. This is you're an exchange student in college. Yeah, I was an exchange student junior year at U of I. Yeah, okay, eighty three. So he anyway he gets me into Black Flag and uh, the Circle Jerks and stuff. Introduces me to all that American hardcore stuff, and um, I don't know we and he, he lives in an apartment and you know typical I had no money so we're eating like tuna fish and barbecue. With barbecue sauce sandwiches, that's what we're eating, right? Just spread on white bread. Horrible. Yes. <laughs> and the cheapest beer we could find, whatever it was. So anyway, we're out actually at White Hand at like 1 o'clock in the morning, probably after a show or something, buying uh, open pit barbecue sauce and tuna fish to have on. To have on. Even open pit, like the worst barbecue yep. sauce, like water. <laughs> yeah, it's like 75 cents. It's <laughs> put on a Wonder Bread sandwiches, right? You know, yeah. we've just been to a show or whatever, you know. With, you know. Well, it's like, if I go back to those days, I would in a second, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, we're buying our shit and, uh, and this like carload of frat boys shows up to, I don't know what the fuck they were doing, what, what they were going to buy in there. And all fucking giving us the eye. They were probably buying some good multi-green bread and some halfway decent barbecue sauce, not some the crap chew, you guys. Some, some fucking tobacco, some chewed tobacco, probably right. Um, and they're giving us the eye, and Tom's like, "What the fuck's the matter with you?" You know, kind of thing, because we didn't back down. And uh, the guy's like, "Why do you dress like that?" <laughs> and Tom, Tom had the classic line. He's like, "Because we hate you." <laughs> <laughs> and then they all just shut the fuck up, and we got, we got well, out. Oh, I was hoping, to, I was hoping for a good Neil got his ass beat story here. Oh God, no, no, we would have been into, we would have been all over them like fucking white on rice. Let me tell you, we were just ready for it. I, seriously, back then, it was like everywhere you go, you felt like you had to fight. You know, well, you remember those days? It wasn't so much, but the nineties, it just wasn't. It, 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 it was rarely that. It was rarely that intense. Occasionally, but the sort of jock punk divide wasn't as stark as it was. I think back in those days. But Tom was always Tom was always the first one out with an insult, man. I'd be like surveying the scene and, and looking at things. So the, he'd, but he'd be the like writing checks that your body would have to cash. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, he'd be right in their face immediately. And uh, I normally made him back down, you know. So uh, anyway, that was our. We would have been able to hit them with a bottle of open pit barbecue sauce, probably. It would have been all over. But so, uh, so you know, so last last time last show, I don't remember if it was the last one or two shows ago. I made a, I said Neil, make a mental note. There's a couple things I want to talk about. 
Yes, I and I, I actually didn't just make a mental note. I actually wrote them down. For yeah, you. See, that's good because my yeah. mental notes slide right out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. um, so one of the things was about about piercings. You ever, you ever had anything pierced? No, sir. Well, I had my Never? ear pierced once, and then it and then it healed over, and well, I mean, it got infected and whatever. Yeah. When when I was like fifteen or sixteen, I pierced my Watch left ear, like using a, <laughs> like using a potato, right? You what? You, hold on, you pierced your what? My left ear using okay. a potato. Gotcha. Because back in the eighties, if you pierced your right ear, you were gay. Right. And if you pierced your left ear, you were, you know obviously that's ridiculous, but that was you know whatever. Listen, I grew up in rural Wisconsin. We didn't know Jack, you know. So and I so I did it real briefly, and I thought you know my my parents were real conservative. I thought my dad would blow a fuse, and I'm like he's gonna rip this thing out of my ear, right? But when he, I think when I didn't get the reaction that I expected, it sort of just blew over, and I think it got infected or something. I just said, screw it. <laughs> Took it out. So that would have been like 88, 89. Dude, that's so and, funny because that exact same thing happened to me. <laughs> I, I never – well, it's just – and it's it's fun. Like now I couldn't I, – I, I, I don't know. I couldn't imagine having it now, but whatever. But um, the reason – I kind of wish I did, actually, because you don't even see that many people with... I mean, you see a lot of piercings these days with those big, stupid fucking cock rings stuck in their ears. But um, just regular earrings, well, you don't see well, that much anymore. Well, it's funny, because like, the, the, the punk scene I grew up in, you know, the piercing thing was starting to catch on a little bit, but it really wasn't a thing. I'm, I'm thinking the scene you grew up in probably wasn't real big either. Um, see, in, well, in England, in England it kind of was. Like the, the exploited type crowd, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or anybody kind of alternative. You'd have your that was all you'd see pierced would would be pierced ears. But you know, especially kind of get a goth crowd too, like Bauhaus and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you don't see the crazy ass piercings like like you do today. How are you going to Chipotle and the manager has like fifteen eyebrow rings? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and it's one of those things. You know, I think they're relatively harmless in that if you, I mean, it's better than getting a face tat, right? Uh, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, once once you're done with them, for the most part, unless you get these freaking ear gauges where you stretch your ears out to look like a, a you know, a, a, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say. I was going to say like a labia, you know, you call them like the labia ears, like where they stretch your ears out too far with these giant rings. Most everything else, you take it out, you get, you're left with a minimal scar. It's just not that big a deal. Okay. But, um, so my wife called me the other day. Um, I was on my way home from work. And I could tell she was upset. It was not long after you left, Neil. Not long after you came to visit. Maybe the next week. And and, I could... and everybody was really upset, right? The fact that I was gone and stuff. They were all probably exactly. still in mourning. We're all dealing with it in our own way, yes. But, uh, <laughs> by, by getting piercings. <laughs> my, my wife called me, and she's she's about in tears. I could tell. You know, oh, no. She's like, you don't say anything to Alex when you get home. But she got her lip pierced. Oh. And I don't want you to make her cry. Meanwhile, my wife's literally on the brink of tears. And she's like... Try not to make Alice cry. I'm like, she got her lip pierced. Huh? I'm like, well, what, what, what is it? She's like, it's right in the middle of her lip. You know, it's like a bar, a bar in the middle of her lip. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> My 19-year-old daughter now looks like, you know, it's got like a gold Hitler mustache or something, right? <laughs> so, I, so the, the thing a good is, name so for I, a band, gold Hitler so mustache. Yeah. So I sort of prepared myself for the worst. Now, she has her ears pierced a bunch of times. She's got her nose pierced. My wife has her nose pierced. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just not that big a deal anymore, right? Um, and... Uh, so I sort of prepare myself for the worst, and I get home, and it's just like a little bee in the middle of her lip. Now, it's not what I would have wanted for her. I would prefer my daughter didn't do anything to her face. I actually sort of blame it on myself because I took her to get her nose pierced when she was like 15. Hmm. And if I wouldn't have done that, maybe she'd only be now getting her nose pierced. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, But the fact of the matter is, if she takes it out, 
you know, if she gets sick of it when she's middle-aged or whatever and she takes it out, it'll leave a real minimal little scar on her lip. It's just not that big a deal. It's, it, 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 but, yeah, it was just, you know, it, it's, it was never part of my punk rock culture. Like I said, it started to pick up, and I know the piercings and the tattoos kind of well, go together to a certain extent. But Well, see, see, that's, see, that's interesting, mate. It's interesting you say that because does that have anything to do with punk rock at all? It doesn't, right? It's just people do it because... Our culture thing just trying to you know my, my daughter's 19 years old she's trying to find her place sure and she's trying to be a little edgy i mean and, you know yeah like I'm, i said if you go to target or whatever the person working there might have 60 holes in their face right but in our conservative environment here you know it's it's you know it's on the edge you know my 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 mom and dad don't love it or, or whatever she, my mom and dad still i'm sure they hate the fact that i'm tattooed i'm almost a 50 year old man you know but anyway, yeah, I was just I was just curious on your. No, it's interesting. On... No, it is interesting though because yeah, I mean, not just talking about your daughter in specific, uh, specifically, but just the whole you see people with tons of piercings and you wonder are they into? Is it anything to do with music? Because to me, I mean, growing up for me, I know things are different now, but growing up for me, everybody was something. You were either mm. a mod and whatever kind, what and the music you listened to that determined how you dressed. And the mm. kinds of things you did, right? If you were a mod, you rode a scooter and you, you know, you wore your Fred Perry's or your suits or whatever, right? If you were a punk, you spiked your hair, got your hair cut short, and Doc Martens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, back then, and we're talking like late seventies, early eighties. I mean, tattoos weren't even really a thing. Um, mm. Some people had them, like you see, the Cockney Rejects got them, you know, early eighties and yep. stuff. But they still yep, were. Watch, watch that little video you sent me. Yeah, they were yep. still pretty unusual. Like like Brian Setzer of the Stray Cats had one, you know, when everyone thought that was yeah. A you go, huge you go see Cox Bar or something; they're not covered with tattoos, right? So that wasn't a big so. Uh, but, but you go some, see a band like Noise, like the or not Noise, like no, yeah, Noise or what's or Drowns that we love. Those guys are covered with tattoos, covered, right? right. Yeah. So, so like I said, back in the early days, uh, tattoos weren't a weren't a thing. They are now. Is it a punk rock thing? Uh, maybe the piercings certainly are not. I don't even know. Like, you used to see... The first piercings I really saw was in some of the industrial dudes. Like, hmm. Ministry or whatever. They had a shit ton of piercings, but somehow that oh, came Alex in... Ferguson still, he is... Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he literally needs to stay away from magnets, or he's going to be in a lot of pain. <laughs> I mean, he's got tons... Because, you know, he's got to be a 60-year-old guy. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's funny. I don't know if you come from the same... I, I know you're a generation behind me, but it's like, when I was growing up... Like the epitome of cool was like James Dean or something, you know, oh, guys yeah. from the fifties, right? Um, so that's Social what I always—that's what I kind of I always wanted to look like, and I just don't think those the guys with like the what what did you call them in the rears? I call them cock rings. I don't know whatever you call all oh, those big gauges. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, it just dude, I've, lo- seen some, I've seen some that you couldn't even touch touch either edge if you were using it as a cock ring, but yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> let's not go there. Um, but it, but it doesn't. I mean, to me, it just doesn't look. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look cool. It doesn't look anything. It just looks stupid. But you know, that, I guess that's time sign of the times, well, right? That's you know, that's that's the thing too with these. You know, like okay, so I, I smoked cigarettes for years and years, almost twenty years. I haven't for nearly ten years, but I did smoke for a long time. And it, definitely part of it was the image, right? I'm wearing my freaking biker jacket and I'm smoking a cigarette, and I see these kids now, and it's just like. I mean, they're 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 like I said, smoking a big, they're smoking like a remote control and poofing out purple smoke. I mean, <laughs> imagine 
James yep. Dean's James 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 Dean's iconography with it sucking on a freaking remote control. Yeah, I mean, like, like a complete fucking kids. tool. Yeah, and and you know I know these kids can jam up plenty of nicotine. These things, I mean, they might have more nicotine than my freaking camels did, but you know, it's but it's just like ugh. Yeah, you look and like I, an idiot. And it's, it's it's a generational thing, you know. It's, it's ugh. Yeah, I don't know. You ever anyway. catch me smoking, smoking a freaking remote control, shooting out purple smoke? I need you to whack me in the back of the head with a two by four. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem, my friend. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, this, but even though, you know, I mean, some of the lip piercings and the single nose piercing or something, I like those, you know, they, they look super attractive yeah. On, on, yeah. on females. On females, I, I don't know about dudes, but um, but yeah, those huge overdone things just look insanely ridiculous in my opinion you look like a fucking yeah. clown well see but that's that that's your you know that's i think this the the you know a little bit of conservatism tends to creep in with age you know well, no i i see i have no see tattoos fine i if it looks but, cool but even, okay but even then if you cool. see if we're being if we're being honest you see a beautiful 22 year old girl that's over tattooed don't you go oh i don't know about that not really. It depends on the tattoos, no. to tell you the truth. I mean, because I've seen some that are really heavily tattooed. They're just, it looks so good. But for the most part, you know, I, I my, my theory with tattoos is, like, once you get over, like, 30, just go ahead and cover yourself up because you're already past your peak, you know? <laughs> nobody's going nobody's gonna to look at look at me walk down the road and go, oh, my God, that'd be such a good-looking guy if he didn't have those tattoos. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to, and I know that's sort of a cultural thing, too, a generational thing, too. I, I don't want to be, you know try to shame young women who want to get a lot of tattoos. I mean, like, a lot of times they look wonderful, but a lot of times I think, oh, you know, why not wait till you, you know? Yeah, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to, yeah, I get you. I think that's probably sexist. I, I take that back. I sincerely apologize. Well, you, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was sincere. <laughs> um, you meant, you didn't just mean for women, you meant for men or women. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, I see yes. these young guys that are just heavily, ta- anyway, I don't know, whatever. Whatever, do whatever you want. Nobody cares. I mean, even now, you know, I don't think most of this stuff. That's what I said to my daughter. I said, "Well, you're, you, you know, you might limit your possibilities at work or whatever." And she's like, "Nah." nah. I mean, it, you know, maybe in the really corporate world, but until you get in the big money jobs, I don't even think they really care that much. If you're competent, you can have whatever you want pierced. You know? Yeah, suppose pierced. Yeah. Well, like you said, piercings you can take out. No tattoos. Um, yeah. I've had I've had people look at me weird at work. Well, um, do you you wear short sleeves or sword? I do. I've never had a problem with it. Now, my friend Rick, he won't, even though he's tattooed, and he would never wear long, uh, short-sleeved shirts to work because he was concerned that he might get let now, Rick, go or something. But, but Rick, you know, you're you're a a, a smaller guy. You got, you know, you, you you can if you cleaned up, put on a suit, you could look like an English gentleman. Still, <laughs> Rick looks like a Harley dude. Rick does look like a Harley dude. For, yeah, for he has the big you, beard. Those of you who who look at the Facebook page, the uh, our T-shirt model, we're talking about Rick, the T-shirt model. Yep. Who That's looks how he's like, a slight, like like an older version of me? If we're being honest, he uh, I've met Rick once and we had beers. So I I mean I'm you know seemed like a good guy. Dude, talking about that, talking about yes. that. We tried to do that on Friday. We tried to go to that Kumas and Did Akuma. you both go to work on Friday, or yes. you just drove up there? No, we both, both went. went we both right? well, I went to work. Out of he, the office. You're he, both out of the office. On yeah. Friday. Yeah, well, even though I was in. Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. I was in the office this week, and it's weird. But um, he met me. Um, I was in the office on Friday, and he just came and met me, and then we went out for drinks. We tried to go to Kuma's first in Vernon Hills, and uh, even though the Kuma's website says they're all open, that one looks closed and closed for good. That one doesn't, really? doesn't look like it's reopening, so we went to a couple of other places instead. Well, I see there, I see there, you know, you were talking about it, and I've seen that they're in the crosshairs of some of the... Yes, 
some of the cancel culture people. Yeah, won't some be of happy the, until literally everything is closed. Right. Some of the woke people. Apparently, one of the managers must have said something slightly off color to somebody. It's so it's now exhausting keeping track of all these places we're not supposed to go. Yeah. Do you the think things... these people carry around a notebook or something? Right. <laughs> They well, pull in like, oh, sorry, this one's on the list. I can't go there. One manager of a multi-stop place might have said something. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he tried to hit on a waitress like twenty years ago or something like that. So now we shouldn't. Think... Now we should put them out of business, I guess. Right? Fuck that. So now it makes me more determined to go to those places, <laughs> 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 which is why we were trying to go to Kumas. Um, but uh, yeah, it, the, the whole thing is ridiculous. But. Um, yeah, going back to work was really weird because I went back for the first time this week. I wasn't in every day. They have us going in like every other day. And uh, yeah, it's bizarre. It's like a ghost town. So they meet us at the door. Before you even go in, they give you a mask. And then we go in the front door and they take your temperature with like this weird camera thing. And only if you pass the temperature thing can you then go to the next stage. With the have, these are manned, or you do it yourself? Oh, they're manned. No, they're manned. There's, so the, wow. they're paying employees to do this. To, to, and uh, like rent a cops, like Paul Blart Mall cop, or is it like? I mean, the securities. Not, yes, I don't know who the lady is giving the mask a out. Person to do this job, right? I don't know, dude. I, How many I, piercings did they have in their face? <laughs> well, you couldn't see because they had like masks and shit on, <laughs> so they might have had a million. But but no, it's not, it hasn't finished there. So I get up to my desk, and there's like no one in the building. It's really weird. It's a big building, and uh, it's basically empty. And at my desk, there's a box. And in the box, there's like another thing of five masks, hand sanitizer. They gave us these like key things. It looks just like a long hook key that you can use to open a door handle to go to the bathroom so you're not touching the bathroom door. <laughs> And they Little give us. They know your wiener is far more filthy than anything uh, you're going to touch going <laughs> well, to the bathroom. Right? Well, I'm, I'm not. Open, I'm not opening the bathroom door with my wiener. Believe it or not. <laughs> not yet. That's giving me an idea for Monday, though. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to touch it on everything. No one's in the office anyway. <laughs> yeah. But they also gave us these. We have like these beeper things. That if you come within six feet of another person with the oh. beeper on, they start beeping and buzzing. So. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was like a. I thought I thought they're like, well, Neil's getting a little older now. We're gonna give him one of those things where he, he like, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's amazing. I mean, that is. Uh, I mean, are they gonna report that to the thought police? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, so, I don't know how much money we spent on this stuff. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of money because they've made they've got a lot of these. You know, these uh, people things. Yeah, if everybody's got one, if they're yeah. you know, we we so we. So Michigan has gone full mask too, not outside, but everybody inside. So, you know, you know what kind of environment I work in. We actually we have a very nice office, a very nice. Uh, we we have really nice offices and stuff, but we work. I work in wastewater, so I am exposed to every pathogen. We do not worry too much about these things. I mean, I'm being exposed to it, but yeah, we by law now have to wear masks in our building, unless we're at our cubicle. Like if we're at our own right. cubicle, we can take our mask off. Now, and we've been. I don't know. I'm trying to get in the habit of doing it. Um, because, you know, if my favorite record store in Grand Rapids opened right now I, and I had to wear a mask, I would do it just to go. Right. But I've been trying to, I've mostly been avoiding going out or whatever just because I, I don't like, you know, I don't like wearing the mask. Right. I don't want to fight about it. I'm not going to argue with somebody about it. I just, I just been staying home. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, this might be here to stay. These masks might be here to stay, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm almost tempted to order some like cool ones from like some of the bands are doing cool ones. I can get the Misfits one, like the. Okay, we'll see. Are we doing a punk? Should we do a punk till I die? Uh, face mask. I don't know. 
I don't know. I think then we've officially jumped the shark. Jumped the shark. But yeah, I'm the same way at work. I, if I'm sitting at my desk, I don't have to wear the mask. But if I'm wandering the building, um, supposedly I do. Uh, and I must admit, I might have failed at that once. But uh, well, if there's nobody there, if you're not coming across anybody, yeah. I there's, mean, li- there's li- I mean, on Friday, I was literally the only person on my floor. Yeah. So um, it's 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 you know we're we're adjusting. You know, we we do what we can do, and it's it you know it is what it is. So. Yeah, it is what it is. It's just weird. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Let's let, let's play another song. Let's play, yeah, we better play another song. You want me to play one, or you want to play one? Um, you go. You go. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna play one that this is a face piercing song. <laughs> not really but this is this is a band uh, that i really dug into lately and they're like a, a big cult band in detroit i don't know if they really got much out of detroit they're called feisty cadavers and i think they were around from the late 80s until about 1996 you remember when rick when uh not rick when uh todd evans was on he talked about playing these clubs in detroit in the like late 80s that were so dangerous yeah good old todd from guar he yeah. talked about blondies and he talked about Oh, what the heck is the other one? I can't remember the name of it. The, the other, because I actually had never been to Blondie's, but I went to the other one. Harpo's. Harpo's was the other one. So anyway, this was kind of a big story. In 1996, the singer got carjacked, of Feisty Cadavers got carjacked outside of Harpo's that actually was shot and killed. Oh, Jesus. So they, they existed for maybe maybe like 10 years or so. Um, man, I could tell you, I've only been to Harpo's a couple of times, and every time it was freaking horrendous, honestly. Well, just, just, but, just the neighborhood, you mean? Yeah, just like, like, you might as well just leave your windows rolled down. Yeah, that kind of that kind of near was the east side of Detroit. It was just it was just a bad a bad setup, and inside wasn't much better. But anyway, um, but so it, I've been really digging into these guys lately. They have three seven inches out. Um, I only have the the last one they did, which was like ninety three. I want to get the other ones. They're sort of pricey. They're like in the your you know your price range twenty twenty plus bucks for a seven inch. Um, so we're going to play a song from their last 7-inch, which was called Black Roses. came out in 93. This is called Start Over Again. Start Over Again Feisty by Cadavis. Feisty Cadavis. Oh 
there, feisty cadavers. That's a sad story, Tom. So he was carjacked, and the guy didn't give up his car or something, and the guy killed him? I guess. Jesus. Yeah, that was, it was a big, it sent shockwaves. I mean, he was a real, as far as I could tell, Steve, the guy's name was Steve Crass, Crass with a K, um, was really, everybody liked the guy. I mean, just, you never, you know, that everybody has a good story about him. He was like, anyway, long-haired Detroit punks. That song has definitely got a little more of a goth feel, but it's a catchy as hell song. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I think face piercings, I think goth. I think club cigarettes. I think Thursday nights at Top of the Rock. What was that? Our all ages club in Grand Rapids. Okay, yeah, the, oh yeah, the oh, fucking hell, the clove cigarettes were so popular with, with the underage kids. Yep, the cloves oh. and the charms—they tore up your throat so bad. Stinks so bad. Oh, geez, that smell. See, I don't mind the smell, but man, they killed your throat. Killed. Hmm. hmm. Well, that oh. story reminds me of the story of uh, what the drummer from the Dead Boys, right, who got stabbed like fifteen times outside of CBGBs. Did he? And see, I, don't, I, I mean, I remember there was lots of those kind of stories. Oh yeah. That was a pretty rough neighborhood, too. That was. By the time I got, the time I got there in the 90s, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rudolph Giuliani and gentrification. But, um, I, well, I mean, wasn't there a story about Johnny getting attacked, too, and, like, getting his head bashed in or something? I mean, I think all those guys got... Yeah, um, yeah, from, Johnny Ramon, that was, that was a bit later. So bad he got brain damage? I mean, it was, like, it was bad, right? Yeah, um... But yeah, Johnny Blitz from the Dead Boys. He got they were like unpacking, I think, after a gig or something. There was some Hell's Angels went by, and there was some I think it was Hell's Angels, and there was some words spoken. He was stabbed someone like thirty times, and um, that's why actually they did a um, what's benefit. it called? Yeah, benefit. Thank you very much. They did like a two day benefit at, back at CBGB's for him, the Johnny Blitz benefit, and I believe that who is that comedian? Uh, John Belushi. Oh, okay. Supposedly, I believe he played drums with it uh, when the Dead Boys played the set. I believe John Belushi played drums with them for mental that. Mental note, you know, mental note. Send me a text later. Remind me to watch, since I had the house to myself today, watch the second half of that Stiv doc. I haven't finished it yet. Gotcha. Will do. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that Johnny Blitz story was uh, it was amazing that the guy lived, really, to tell you the truth. Yeah, and then Johnny Ramone got, didn't Johnny Ramone get attacked by one of... Uh, That's what I say, he got bashed over the head or something. He got beat pretty bad. By, didn't he get beat by one of the Chromex? I don't know. I know that I know that uh, Harley from the Chromex stabbed like one of the members of the later scab version of Chromex. Oh, was that right? Well, well, oh, well. good times, you know. I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but you remember, you, you you look at the Hard Times website ever, or see their posts on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, it's they they kind of bug me sometimes, but yeah, it's really funny though. A lot of them are very funny. And they, it does, they're pretty good at capturing the essence of, you know, they make fun of like the old guy standing at the back by himself or, you know, famous, locally famous hardcore frontman has really shitty job. You know, it shows him working at like the Olive Press or something. But they, they had one that said local punk way too reminiscent about time where you get stabbed at a show. And I, <laughs> and I do find myself missing going into those horrible neighborhoods where just, just getting into the club was sort of a thrill, you know. <laughs> now everything's so... I don't know. Safe. Oh, here it is. So I was wrong. It wasn't anyone from the Chromax, but it was from a local band called Sub Zero. Well, a, gu- a guy called Seth Macklin. They got into a fight over a girl, and hmm. uh, and I guess Johnny got his Johnny got his ass beat. Well, he, what? He couldn't just write a song about it like Joey did. Get even. <laughs> KKK took my baby away. Part two. Right. Uh, reference to last uh, reference to our last uh, episode, the Johnny 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 episode. I said he got he punched him like two or three times and then Johnny fell down but hit his head on a car door on the way down. 
Uh, and that was the that was the problem with that one. Yeah, that's wow. That huh. that was 1983. So there you go. Wow, they were still playing CBGBs in '83. Um, it, it, does it say where exactly it was? Oh no, they were recording Subterranean Jungle. Ah, so it was in a studio. Or okay. oh, Subterranean huh. Jungle tour with Richie on drums. Do 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 do. So Daniel Ray probably played guitar and all that. <laughs> I played hmm. guitar. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's what that... I remember that story at the time. I don't know why I thought the Cro-Mags were involved. I just remembered it was another band from New York, I guess. But it's funny how yeah, that shit stays with you. It's sued by, sued by the Cro-Mags. Yeah. They're very litigious. They're constantly suing each other. They really sue me rather than stab another me. Band, another, band, <laughs> another band with two versions. Yeah, right? Yeah. What did you think of them? Are you, are, were you a Cro-Mags fan? Cro-Mags. Anyway. Are you a Cro-Mags fan? I, I was. I really, I really like H. Yes, I really like Age of Coral and the second one, which was called uh, the Harley Sang on the second one. What the heck is it called? Man, I'm getting really bad now. My mind is my mind is gone. Hmm. But yeah, I do I do like them quite a bit. I really like that one that Harley Sang. See, he, they just put a new album with Harley singing again, and I heard it's really good, but I actually haven't listened to it yet. But that's they they have to change the name, right? Because doesn't What's His Face own the no, show? So Harley actually got the name back from John Joseph. So the John Joseph version. Oh, is that's called, right. Yeah. Like Chromex JM, mm. that's always great, right? And John Joseph was a singer, right? You think they're going to open for Gary Rickrath's Ario Speedwagon? <laughs> well, or, they, didn't, uh, didn't one of them play with the or, Misfits? Uh, Jack Russell's Great White. When the Misfits when the Misfits just played, didn't 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 the Chromex open up for them? Yes, that was the Harley Front version. That was the okay, yeah. Well, there we go. I mean, who's got time for all that drama, right? Right. Well, tell you what, staying on this whole New York theme when we're talking about the Dead Boys, I am going to play a song. And I am going to play the Great Lost um, Dead Boys song, which doesn't appear on either of their studio albums. It only appears on their live album, um, which is a shame because it's an absolutely fantastic song. It's an absolute stone dead Dead Boys classic. And this song is called Detention Home.
There it was, Detention Home by the Dead so that Boys. Was from Night of the Living Dead Boys. Night of the Living Dead Boys. Yes, yeah, so obviously that's live, so quality-wise might not be that great, but that is such an incredible song, and it's such a real shame that it was never they never had it on an album. I don't know why they didn't. You know, well, they probably broke up before they get it recorded. You think? Because well, Night of the Living Dead Boys. I mean, obviously that was recorded. Was that it recorded? Was after, it was after we've come for your children. It uh, was it. Yeah, it had to be. It has songs from that, right? I don't. That's what I had. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, I had, I had that on CD, right? But it got real scratched up, so I got rid of it. But that was that's actually an interesting album. I think we've actually talked about it before. Uh, Stiv intentionally sabotaged that album. Why is that? So he was like, singing off mic. Hmm. And he wasn't... During the actual show, he was singing off mic. So they actually had to redub... So his vocals were overdubbed in the studio. Oh, wow. Interesting. It was kind of a label dispute or something, I think. Yeah. Well, it was Which really, is, it was, it was really hard to get back in the late seventies, early eighties. That was next to impossible to find. Well, I think it ended up coming out on the great Bomp Records. Dude. Yeah, Bomp. It's on Bomp, exactly Bomp, right. All that yep. weird crap. They still have a website, dude. They have hundreds of weird things on there. If you want to go bounce around the Bomp website, of course you'll probably spend six hundred dollars if you go over there. So maybe you should. <laughs> Actually, I've been really good recently. I have to. I have to say, yeah, I've been, I think it's just because I'm running out of space in my uh, my record uh, <laughs> furniture. Uh, I don't have space. A second room. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Tell you the truth, I mean, singles are fine because I have plenty of room in my singles boxes. But where I put my albums in that in that. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm almost. I'm gonna have to split out the compilations, take all the compilation albums out, so to give the regular albums a bit more space. See, these are first world problems, baby. Yes, these are. Yes, they are. Old man, first world problems. Yes. So, so we, how long we've been at? We've been at this pretty long time already, haven't we, Neil? Like this this particular podcast, I mean. No, only about fifty minutes. Oh, about fifty minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, I, the other thing I made a note of that I wanted to talk about, and I don't, I don't know that you have a lot to say about this because we haven't actually talked about it off the, off the air. Like I've always got a lot of a lot of things Come to here, say. Come here, Come here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because um, so my oldest son Gibson, who you met real briefly when you were here. Mm-hmm. Is a huge film buff. I mean, he is. He feels the same way about movies that I did about music at his age. And it's it's sort of strange actually because he and I always once he hit adolescence, we had a hard time bonding. So we've actually been able to bond a little bit over movies. And the other thing that's strange is he was never like the world's biggest music fan, but his music that he finds, he finds it through movies. Interesting. You know, like we used to listen to the radio, or our friends would give us a tape or yeah, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his his playlist is like a he loves musicals he loves but he loves all these songs but he that's how he discovers music it might so be off, from of, the off, 70s, of, off of soundtracks 80s, yeah yeah okay so it's it's really strange to me it's just it doesn't feel normal but anyway he's always trying to get us to watch movies um, so maybe once or twice a month as a as a family we're actually able to be in all in the same room and we'll watch a movie and the last one we watched 
was called Blinded by the Light. And it was it was an enjoyable movie, I must say, and I don't think you're going to be thrilled about the vast, vast majority of the music was Bruce Springsteen. Okay, what's the movie it's, about? What, when, when's, well, it, it, when's it set? Set in England. The majority of it is set in 1987 in England. So this kid actually would have been really close to my age, maybe a couple years older. I would have been 14 in 87. I think he was about 16 or 17 maybe. Um, but he was a Pakistani kid living in England in kind of one of these situations where his his dad was definitely like old school Pakistani and had definite ideas about what his son should be, a doctor or a, yeah, I don't sure. know, those yeah, yeah. different things. Yeah. And... Um, Yes, and the kid discovered Bruce Springsteen, and it changed his life. It like opened up, and it was it's based on a true story. And then at the end, they show this guy with actually met Bruce, and and, and it was it was a good, it was a fun movie, and it was pretty family friendly, which is sort of nice, so I could watch it with my thirteen year old daughter or whatever. Um, but it was, uh, I assume you're not a Bruce, Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, I mean, he's okay. I don't hate him or anything like that, yeah, but he's, he's actually, fine, I, I, you know? Okay, she kind of like him. It's not really something I listen to a lot. Right. The only thing I don't like about him is all these freaking New Jersey punk bands always have to have a little bit of Bruce Springsteen in their right. records. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. Look, you know, you're not a Gaslight Anthem fan. I remember you kind of actually slagging on him. I don't remember if you did it um, you know, while we were recording or just when we were having a private conversation. You make me physically sick. How's that? But they, they have a lot of boss in them. But good songs, character-driven songs, you know, songs about, you know, the working man and stuff. And, right. And I get it with the boss. It's kind of a shtick, you know. I could see New York City if my dad got home from the steel mill or whatever. You know, I mean, he, he's it's kind of a, a shtick at this point, right. right? Yeah, yeah. The working man shtick for a guy who lives in a 35,000-square-foot house and, you know... Has gold-plated toilets, but uh, <laughs> but but ultimately, I, I, I think do, that's I Billy like, Bragg actually. But go on. I don't think Billy Bragg's that rich, is he? Billy Bragg lives in a three million dollar mansion. Well, so the fucking Pretty. champagne, the champagne socialist. Yeah, that's uh, funny. I mean, he's not hardly a household name. I mean, Bruce Springsteen is one of the top ten, probably biggest, you know, rock stars still alive. Back when we still had rock stars. Well, think of that. But think of that, though, man. He has like a thousand people in his band. He has to pay. He has to pay all those people. You know, the, the saxophone player died, Clarence Clemens. So that saves him a couple bucks, right? And doesn't he keep marrying women from his band too, so they get all his money and stuff? Quite a few years. Now. I don't think he can afford to do that many more times. Plus, he's 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 like seventy years old. Right. That's yeah, amazing. It's amazing. He still does what he does, really. But, uh, yeah. It's like politicians, right? They're all about family values once they're seventy and they're too tired to cheat. <laughs> That's the that's the average conservative politician, you know, the new Gingriches of the world. I'm all for family values now because, you know, I'm too old to get a boner for my secretary. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about how you all should stay married to your first wife. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, – but anyway, so so it was based on this Pakistani guy who found Bruce Springsteen. And one of the things that was going on was they were being slightly menaced by the NF, the National Front. In this, so like I said, this was 1987. In this, this I can't remember what the name of the town it was. It looked like it was. I, I looked at it on the map, maybe like an hour north of London. Luton. Luton. Yeah. Yep. So, did you have much experience? Was there? You were now. You were up by. You know. You were up. Um, further north yet? Yes, sir. There much National Front presence um, when you were growing, or like in that era. Now you moved here. I think 85. You said. I moved here. Yeah, I moved here. I was a student here, eighty three, eighty four, and then I moved here in eighty five. Yeah. So, but you were you were similar timeline. 
Yeah. Was that, was that something, was that a big presence? Was that something that you noticed a lot of? The National Front was certainly around. Um, it was never as, it was never as big of a threat as people made it out to be. Like, I um, wondered if we sort of overblew it just to make a, just for dramatic tension. Especially, especially by 87. I mean, the, the, the peak, the peak of the NF was probably, Jesus, 77, 78, 79. I mean, that's when they, that's when they used to, um, infiltrate like sham 69's gigs and they were infiltrating a lot of the early oil scene i'm sure there's not a coincidence or not you know somewhat of a coincidence right um yeah and it was uh, there'd always be really big pockets too depending on what parts of the country had a lot of immigrants and stuff so the nf would obviously be popular with the with the white kids around there you know and then in the north you know maybe bradford around leeds where there was a huge pakistani population and stuff um I know the NF were real big around there, and like I say, they used to they they, they used to um, they used to go to punk gigs and stuff. Um, and so yeah, Sham sixty nine, a lot of their gigs got hit by National Front. Uh, and people. they would just go just go cause stir up violence, or what? well, they would, and they, but they'd also try and recruit outside. Oh really? So young skinheads or whatever, you know. Um, so I mean, I suppose it's only slightly less obnoxious than like the vegan people who have petitions outside of punk gigs now. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and then that whole rock against racism thing started in 77. Is that famous as a reaction to the NF? Yeah. So does that famous, um, was, was it a concert in the park or whatever? And the clash are playing and Jimmy Percy gets on stage with him and sings white riot. Um, so yeah, I mean, rock against racism was, so it, it certainly wasn't as big of a threat as the probably made it out to be. And that really does sound well, like the, by 87, in... especially, I don't even know if the NF was even, it was a shadow of its former self by I 87. I believe that it was the closer to London you were, the worse it was too. Depending on the neighborhood. Just because I was, like I said, the further you were maybe a little more isolated because you were further North, but, um, but, but, you know, in the movie, it showed them doing their little march, their little parade through the Pakistani neighborhood. And, you know, but you, we were talking about what the KKK marched through Skokie. What year? Um, that was, uh, mid seventies, right? No, it was oh, mid seventies. No. Okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't the KKK. It was the American Nazi party. Oh, so Nazi. that's why in the, uh, what's that John Belushi movie? Blues brothers. Blues that's brothers. Right. That's why they go on about, uh, hate Illinois Nazis. And that's exactly where that well, came from. It's it's weird too because it's a weird you know in this movie there was one old guy and and obviously this is this is a slightly fictionalized version of true events, but you got this old guy who's watching these who's not real thrilled that all the Pakistanis are moving in, but by the same token hates the NF even more because this guy, thirty years before forty years before stormed beaches you know right yeah fought against it the is, Nazis it is yeah. it is crazy our inability to learn from history and i see we see that now even with some of the stuff going on here i mean listen there's a lot of things that need to be changed for the better in this country i get that but we need to have a little broader view i think of some of this stuff too indeed yeah so i don't know what, what listen i'm gonna play a song you hold on my biggest my biggest question about this okay about this you whole watch thing the movie. you'd enjoy it you'd be but anyway you know here's here's the thing that irritates me before you ask your question so Bruce Springsteen wrote the song "Blinded by the Light," but he didn't make it popular. It was oh, made popular by Manfred Mann. I was about to ask and you that. I was about to. I was about to say why. Say or something, or "Born to Run" or something like that. Right? Yeah, I was. I was. I was about to ask you that. Why? Why they didn't use a Bruce Springsteen song for the name of the title of the goddamn movie? I don't know. I don't know, dude. Yeah, "Born to Run" would be perfect, wouldn't it? I guess these <laughs> Hollywood people, you know, who knows. But it actually, towards the end, kind of becomes sort of a musical. And despite the fact that I love music, I am not a fan of musicals. 
I do not like singing dancing movies. It's not for me. <laughs> so what they so what they do the singing dancing version of Dan Danzig's life? You're not gonna you're not gonna be into <laughs> well, that. Yeah. Maybe I'd make an exception for that. Mother It'll be perfect. <laughs> Lick the heads off little girls and put them on my wall. <laughs> How come he doesn't get cancel cultured? I mean he's advocating for hacking off little girls' heads, Neil. Yeah, exactly right. Pretty sure you go to his mansion, he has actual little girls' heads on his wall. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you had one more question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I forgot completely what I was going to say. <laughs> you, play a song. Yep. Uh, it's up to you, man, because you should play your song because you wanted to play it, it, off the National Front thing. Sort of, sort of ties in. So this is the classic Dead Kennedy single, Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. It's fuck Off, overproduced by Martin Hannett, take four. DKs with their lovely song, Nazi Punks, Fuck you Off. Still, you can still get that, I believe, and it still comes with, like the armband. It's so silly, dude. I saw, um, <laughs> it's so funny. I saw somebody had that sticker, that bumper sticker on the back of their car. And, uh, you know, and it's got the black swastika with the red stop thing through it, right? Um, but because it had been out in the sun for a while, <laughs> the red had faded. So <laughs> So it just looked like they had a swastika sticker on the back of their car. Ah. <laughs> Whoops. Excellent. Didn't think yeah, that went through. That's great. Yeah. Well, be careful. Somebody will take a picture and you'll get fired from your job. See, and, and the, the reason I, I was never I was never happy about that song, really, because, um, I mean, that one and Too Drunk to Fuck, those two songs became almost synonymous with the Dead Kennedys for certain people anyway. And uh, I just thought they were two lame, lame, lame-ass lazy so songs. Like the mainstream, the mainstream Dead yeah. Kennedys for it. And you know, Jesus, give us, you know, give me California Uberales or you know, Kill the Poor or something. Much, yeah. much better songs. And it just kind of bugged me that those were the two songs that like, mm. everybody knew. Mm. But uh, yeah, again, I, but everything annoys me. So what are you gonna do? Pretty much. Yep. So what else did you want to talk you're about? You're not getting older. You're getting bitter. Another great, uh, another great SNFU song title. No, I've always he's been not that... getting older. He's getting bitter. No, I've always, I've always been that way. It's all good. <laughs> I've never changed. God damn it. Never changed. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, like the second he came out, he had a scowl on his face and his fist was <laughs> in the air. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so what else is going on, buddy? What else have you been doing? Uh, have, you, have, have you been doing any more um, any more reviews, or have you been writing anything for uh, for that magazine that you write for? It's funny, you know. I just I actually just shared one on our Facebook page because I did a real brief like uh, you know, New Noise is big into like anniversary posts of important albums. Mm-hmm. So I did an anniversary post for Adios Amigos, the last Ramones album, which is 25 years old yesterday. Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it like is. Like the last Ramones album came out 25 years ago? 20, 
20 got it. I can just I can still remember buying it on CD. Seems I feel it makes me feel so old. So I saw them that year. It was the last you know last time I saw them? I think it was ninety five. Wow. And uh, it is it is crazy, man. And I and so there's no shows going on, right? Obviously, you know that. So I've actually done a couple of retro reviews where I review a show that I went to a hundred years ago. So for more than a month, I've been kind of pecking away at reviewing when I went and saw Ramon's Social Distortion, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Classic talked show. About yeah. some of shows of all time. And yeah. I, I, I struggled through it, and I finally just I just did it. I submitted it, so it should run next week. But the problem I had with it was it, I just I, I, I felt like it was too academic. Like I was just sort of like I was having a, like I was writing a book report. Like I was having a hard time capturing the the spirit of it in words. And I still yeah. feel like I I did struggle with that. Yeah. But I too some people might enjoy enjoy reading it. And I I run into a lot of people who went to that tour. I mean, you went to that tour, right? I did. Yeah, I saw it too. It's like the Aragon in Chicago. I think yep. it really brought together like a couple of generations of punks. Even though Social D, I mean, it was only like started like four years after the Ramones, if we're being honest, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. They started in like what seventy eight, right? But I watched this. I watched, I, and I, I, I can't. The show that I went to is not on tape, and I can't even actually find the set list. But I went back and I actually watched uh, Social D live at. I watched the Ramones live that same year, like a month later in Germany, mm-hmm. and then I watched Social D at CBGB's around that same time frame. Yeah, I've got and it is astounding. That, yeah. Looking at Mike Ness because he wasn't that young. He was like thirty five, mm-hmm. and he, no, not that old. I don't know. He was born in 63, so that would have made him about 30, right? About 30. And um, he looks so young, and now he doesn't look that young. But, right. yeah, and Ramones, too. And, and you know, I, I, I was honest about the fact that, you know, the Ramones in 92 did not sound like they did in 77. I mean, they didn't sound like It's Alive. Right. Right, exactly. Good show. I mean, they were they were they still put on a good show, and I mean, you the set list will just make you want to cry, and I just I, I actually it felt pretty emotional writing about it because those guys are all gone now, mm-hmm. and it was it's like, you know, when you're young, and I'm sure you can relate to this. When you're young, I was 19 when I went to that show. It just seems like everything's gonna last forever. There were so many shows. If you miss one or two, ah, no big deal, right? Because right. there'd be more shows and now we've got this year where there's no shows and you know at our age now will we ever get back into the swing like we were before it's just it's it's tough man like i said first world problems i don't want to make it sound worse than it is you know my bills are paid we got plenty to eat but you know it's a struggle this year's been a struggle and and reading writing about that show actually made me kind of melancholy that show um looking back on it I actually thought Social D were much better than the Ramones that night. I was kind of disappointed with the Ramones just because Joey, his, you know how his voice went towards the end. Yeah. His voice was nowhere near. And it's, they were playing too, was, See, I thought they were playing night, too fast. Huh? What's that? Yeah, that was night after night. I blame Marky for going too fast. Yeah. I, or yeah, Johnny. Yeah. I, I thought they were playing too fast. And he just, Joey just didn't seem into it. And I know he was probably sick and all that kind of stuff at the time. But it just seemed like they were... Um, just doing it to do it and i'm sure it would be better than pretty much any show we could go to these days but social d were on the on the game they right well, right it, about then they were amazing at the time i was probably more the ramones were kind of old news to me even though i'd only found them like five years earlier yeah but they were kind of old news to me at that point but i had never seen them and i was uh probably looking forward more to social d mm-hmm. because that was my second time seeing them i'd seen them earlier that year um, but 
looking back, you know, I've seen Social D more than ten times since then. Yeah. And I only saw the Ramones one more time, and this was way better than the other time, honestly. So I and I I get that, but I, you know, it's funny because Johnny and Joey, I mean, CJ was so young, like CJ was so into it, right? Yeah, CJ. I was. mean, and 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 I don't know, they they were very workmanlike. I'll give it that. Yeah. But I didn't feel like they were half-assing it. But you know, you had seen them before that, or no? Yes, I'd seen them so a few I, times really, before that. So that's my baseline, you know. Yeah. And ultimately, that's. But yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing. I, I haven't really been reviewing any albums just because I haven't really had anything come across my desk, metaphorically speaking, that's really uh, turned me on. Oh, so that's what I was going to ask you about. So um, that's one thing I want to talk about today. Talked the ones we've already talked about. The Lion's Law was probably the last one that I really, I really liked. So that new that that new album that everyone is raving about, the Lawrence oh, oh, yeah. album. Did did you did you get a chance to listen to any of it? Just do one second of it. Okay. That being said, I'm I'm not I'm not into the band. I don't I don't want to talk badly about them. I just I saw them live. They were fun. I just it's just not my jam. But people who are about like ten years younger than me, this they it's like they're. Uh, Social D or something. They're huge, right? Yeah, I don't... Like I said, I so that new album came out. They have a new album just came out. And uh, I'm sure it's... Got, on Punk News, I'm sure it's given them all kinds Dude, of... They gave, like, they gave like plaudits. three... They did like three straight days of Lawrence Arms stuff. Right. Um, Which, you know, like I said, I don't want to hate on Lawrence Arms. I mean, Brendan got me drunk one time when he was the bartender at the G-Man. I mean, <laughs> I, he's, he's a nice enough guy. I met him a couple of times. You know I mean? It's, it's, Is that all it takes to get on your good side, Tom? Is that all it that takes? Helps. It helps. <laughs> But um, I, but anyway, I listened to so I listened to it yesterday, and I listened to it today because I wanted to see what I'm missing that everybody else seems to be hearing. And I have to say, I just don't get it. I don't. It's. You think it's because these young kids are a little more in touch with their feelings, and we're not in touch with our feelings, so we like our punk to be a little more like sterile and cold. And it's not sterile less... or cold. It's it's just it's just not. No, this was sterile and cold. There was nothing. Nope. There was nothing. Um, that immediately grabs you by the balls and says, "Listen to this; it's great, and it's got a hook." And this, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're singing about feelings and shit. But one song is about whales, one song is about wolves, and one song is about fucking coyotes. It's like what? Dude, what it's do you? Is it? Is I it? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can, I, I can just imagine all the mid thirty year olds just fucking loving it and growing their beards out. Um, <laughs> I, it was <laughs> hugging their friends. Yeah. Yeah, and drinking drinking some whiskey because they can. Your friends, their leg tattooed friends. Yeah, I'm thinking how grown up they are. Uh, it I was just to me, it was just it was you know it wasn't good or bad. It was just it was boring, which is the worst thing you can be, in those my opinion. It was just their, boring. Those kids have to be in their forties now. I mean, they're not super young. They're they're a little younger than I am, I think. But yeah. you know, what? I don't. I, I you know, and then I listened to a band called the Teenage Bubblegums, which I enjoyed a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's just straight pop punk, right? Yeah, from Italy, and uh, there was a an old girl band from Spain I listened to, which I really liked, which oh. was Tiger something. But it was just it, it was just it was sounded like they were enjoying playing music rather than it being a job kind of thing, which is almost what I got from from that new Lawrence Arms album. It seemed very much like a job, and they were just producing an yeah, album. See, why would they do that? They say I don't think they need to put out albums. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I haven't listened to it. Maybe I will. It's it's one of those you know punk touchstones for a lot of people but it's not for me and i, I like i said i don't want to say anything bad about it. i don't i don't have anything bad to say about it. it's just not for me and that's you know you it, can leave that for me tom i'll do that but there's a lot of records <laughs> like that you know yes people, there is everybody went over like the pairs oh that, that's that's a thank and you i don't dis i don't dislike pairs i met zach i actually hung out with him a couple times did um, he get you drunk too I interviewed him a couple of times as a matter of fact <laughs> on different occasions even though i don't think you remember me from hanging out when i interviewed him anyway it doesn't matter um but yeah, I'm sure, Neil. 
thank you for Honestly. bringing thank you for bringing that up though because that I, another I think they're, I think they're an okay band and they're an okay live band I mean they're pretty good live but I think just like most of these kids have never seen like a band that actually puts on a show so they were so blown away by this weird gorilla looking shirtless man crawling around <laughs> and, and you, you know what I'm saying Gigi? like like these new bands just stand there and play they don't really do anything so right. when they see something it's like oh my gosh this is revolutionary I'm like no this ain't you know so I that, mean, so that's why I you never to... saw it itself, and and it shows. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually the other one I wanted to talk about was um, just especially it's, it's how fashion show where we just bash bands that don't appeal to our generations. How over the no, how over the top some of the reviews on that site are because I can remember whoever it was that reviewed yeah, the Paris album. Boys are, boys are doing the reviewing. So, but, so whoever it was that was reviewing the Paris album, I I don't even know what that album was called. That one that came out a few months ago. And they said it's so revolutionary; it's going to be remembered in the same vein as London Calling. It's like it, it, fucking a month later, we'd all forgotten about it. No one was talking about it. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So we were, you know, you and I were talking privately, and it, the sale will probably long be over by the time you guys hear this. But Fat was doing a big sale, and they had a bunch of LPs for like nine bucks, and that yeah. was one of them. I was definitely considering. Well, actually, I was considering the Green Star album, which is their second album, which I never because I have that first one that Go to Prison, and I do like it. I think it's pretty decent, but I never picked up that second one. I mean, and but... Direct Hit's one like that too. I actually like Direct Hit Live. I've seen them a few times. I think they're good dudes, but it just the records just I have a hard time getting into the records. And I'm not even really dissing the band. I'm not saying pairs are bad or anything like that. I'm just saying the <laughs> review the reviews are so over the top yeah. about these average. Uh, you know, the problem, ugh, you can't. Here's something calling. about London Calling, because London Calling is 40 years old and is aged like a fine wine. You can't, you just can't do that. You can't say something new, like you said, because you might just forget about it next month. Like what happened with the Pairs, because the Pairs record, because they haven't been able to tour behind it either. So they weren't really able to drive it home. They were a band that used to spend 150 days on the road or whatever. That's how they made their bones. Yeah. They're older guys now. They got houses. They don't want to do that anymore. They're getting married. You know, they just, they don't want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, the Spanish girls band that was talking about it's a band called Small Town Tigers. It's like, it's like an all-female three-piece, and they're good. They're at least they play. It sound like they're having fun when they're playing the songs, and I enjoy listening to them. That would, that uh, is, you know. I don't think we need to get into it today, but in the future, you know, because I know you like. There's some modern pop punk bands that you really like. Teenage there is. Get Mass Intruder like yep. that. But it's interesting to me because I always think of them as just ah, eh, they're just next generation of all the stuff I grew up listening to in the 90s when i really came to my own in the scene but you kind of skipped that era so we come to it from much different places so when we talk to a parasites or borsa sprinkler or something like that you're only just discovering them right which well, is sort of interesting because like i'm turning you on to that and you're turning me on to these uh some of the early 80s hardcore stuff and the english late 70s bands that i never grasped so it's it's been it's been an education my friend it's, it's an interesting an jigsaw life is a jigsaw puzzle my it friend is. well and you know in our <laughs> common the common the one area where we both, our our love both is is like early eighties like American hardcore punk yep, rock. Definitely, like yeah. Now, unfortunately, we haven't had access to a lot of those people yet, but we'll keep trying. Yeah. Well, I think we'll keep, yeah, yeah, we're getting there. I think we just need to keep bugging people. I think that's, that's it. Just constantly pester. Yeah. And, and well, and the fact is, a lot of people reach out to us and say, "Man, we love it when it's just the two of you." So it's always trying to find the the balance. find the delicate delicate balance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, you and, can always. Get a hold of us at punktillidie77 at gmail.com or punktillidie podcast on Facebook. Buddy, what was the thing we said we were going to start this episode with? I don't <laughs> we're going to read letters. 
<laughs> oh my god, should we totally forget our letters? <laughs> we fucking completely. Should we, should, we, should, we, should we keep going or should we save that for another day? Uh, it's up to you, man. We can. What are we at right now for time? Uh, we're at one fourteen. That's without the music, obviously. Well, why don't we save our letters for next time then? Okay. Yeah, we'll send. The, yeah, I mean, um, so, well, hold on, just one second. We're not we're not going to read the letters, but let me give some shout outs because they were really cool. Um, okay. Shout outs to um, Jason Hutchins. And uh, to Matthew Lindsay, who is uh, clearly a convict because he's down in that convict island down in uh, in Australia. If Australia has yeah. anything good to say about us when you're <laughs> constantly bad mouthing them, <laughs> oh, they love it. It's all it's all uh, it's all love. So uh, thanks for writing in, Matt. Thanks for writing in, Jason. And uh, we'll try. You know, if you send us your address, we'll send some stickers because we still have stickers, right, Tom? And Josh, yes, I do still have some stickers. So yeah. And as of right now, I still have an extra large T-shirt. So in yes. gray. So. Yeah. So so people that are, people that are listening in, um, I know I put I it up on the Facebook page when everybody has Facebook. So we actually do have from that first T-shirt run, we actually have one extra large left, and I have a medium. So if anybody wants those, there'll be twenty bucks shipped inside the U.S. Probably if you're in Australia, probably like thirty-five bucks shipped because like shipping is off. fucking expensive. It is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And if you're going to be out of the country, you probably should be a medium or less. Because <laughs> like, they're lighter? Yeah. <laughs> you literally pay by the ounce. It's it's freaking nuts. But anyway. But a tenth of the ounce, actually. Yeah. If it's if it's over eight ounces, even if it's 8.1, it goes up to like 25 bucks to ship it to, uh, to, ship it to Europe. So it's crazy. So, uh, so yeah, get those t-shirts, All right. stickers, well, right in. What? What do you I say? got one more song to play, or did you already do that? I do. I I've got it. one last song to play, and hopefully this is going to be a lead-in to an interview that we do soon, because um, I've got my mind on an interview with uh, with a couple of twins, as a matter of fact, um, who I'm hoping to get on. Um, tattoos. I mean, punk rock, you horny old creep, but... <laughs> tattoos, tattoos <laughs> skateboards, and punk rock. Um that's enough said if you if you know anything about the Godoy twins. But anyway, I'm hoping to get those guys on. And um, this was from their, I believe it was their first band. Maybe it wasn't, but it's the first band I know that they recorded. And uh, I believe it was Dwayne Peters' first band too. <laughs> so this is uh, the band was uh, called the Exploding Fuck Dolls. <laughs> Look and love it. And uh, this song is called American Bombs.
last one of today that was uh exploding fuck dolls with uh, american bombs and uh i think soon after that uh duane left and formed the u.s bombs i believe hmm. and then uh the multitude of other bands he's been in since then like die huns and duane peter's gunfight and he's been in a lot of he's been in a lot of bands they all seem to sound kind of the same but that's fine that's what he does <laughs> right exactly. good old duane all right well, it's been a pleasure, as usual, Neil. Okay, cool. Thank, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Subscribe if you like to get these episodes come to, directly to, to your phone. Production a little bit, but, you know, the weather's nice, and it's there's a lot of factors. You know, we're allowed to have a little bit of a life now, so we don't just want to sit in our rooms and, you know, do five episodes a week or whatever. But we'll see what we can do. Maybe we, yeah. can, maybe we can ramp it up a little bit, huh? Yeah, and I'm planning on maybe... Well, we, we might meet in Indiana, or I'm definitely going to drive up to your lovely uh, house in the Wait, country. No, I, we get, we're going to make this Indiana thing work. We're going to do a live a live show, and if anybody wants to drive over and hang out with us while we record, that's going to be great. I don't know how many people are within driving distance, but I think we're going to make this happen. Yeah. But you can I'm, drive I, by me, too. You'll do both. Whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, most of the record stores in Chicago are open. Man, my best one here is not yet. I don't know what's going on. So yeah, Reckless is open. Sugar is open. Um, and I want to go to Bucket of Blood. Bucket of Blood is open. Part. We just have to make an appointment, which isn't the worst thing in the world because then you won't have a bunch of other sweaty bastards in there with you as well. No, it'll just be weird if the guy that owns the shop is just like hanging around behind you. <laughs> yeah, can I well, help I mean, you, you with anything? Buy something if you make an appointment, right? Yeah, <laughs> you feel obligated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
like just people outside pressing their face against the window they can't get in and you're like ah, i'm good see you later <laughs> yeah we just look at it out for like an hour and a half ah, we're good actually, now. An appointment if you just show up and if they have if they're not maxed out for capacity they'll let you in right well so that's yeah. what they went here was like well we're allowed to have 10 and we only got nine come on in but i don't know that's weird dude making an appointment that's eh, not the worst thing in the world it's fine i can I do it no all right by well it. i'll tell you what anyway that's neither here nor there, but we will we will talk to everybody later. Like I said, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Stay free, everybody. Okay. Bye bye.